So I remember when my now 12-year-old was in kindergarten. Seems like just yesterday, but when she was in kindergarten, it was that first Christmas, you know, that first Christmas where they just kind of really start to understand gifts, you know? They're not enamored with the boxes anymore, they actually play with what's in the boxes. So this was her first Christmas that she kind of understood what Christmas was all about, and I was a single mom at the time, and I went to the Walmart and bought her a $99 LeapFrog tablet. Now this was way before iPads were anywhere near affordable, and uh, this $99 LeapFrog tablet would help with her, her sight words, it had all these books, you could get on the internet, download all this stuff, and it was going to make my kid the smartest kid in the United States of America. So I went to Walmart and I bought the $99 LeapFrog tablet. And I was so proud of it, I wrapped it up. I could not wait to give it to her for Christmas. And so Christmas came and sure enough, she got in there and she was tearing up the papers and got in there and she found it. It was so exciting and we played with it and she could take pictures. You know, it was when the pictures were real grainy but she didn't even care, it just could take a picture. And so we played with it and Everything was great until the end of her kindergarten year. It was the last day of school. And her teacher, the day before, sent home a note and said, tomorrow is electronics day. And so if your kid has an electronic they'd like to bring to school, you can send it with them. And I thought, well, great, we've got the $99 LeapFrog tablet. We can send that. We can help other children be smart as mine. So off she goes, I mean, I sent the whole deal. I bought the case and the charger that fit down in there. It was wonderful. It was all in a neat little package and it was zipped up and it was pink. Sent it to school with her. Well, later on that day, I went to pick her up from my mom's house. And I got there and I thought it was an odd way for my mom to greet me. She said, you might want to sit on the porch for a minute. <laughs> okay. So I did, I sat down on the porch, I rocked for a few minutes, and then I wanted to go in and see Ella, so I went, and she greeted me at the door with this great big smile, and she said, Mama, you are not going to believe, I have had the best day ever. And I was like, she shared her LeapFrog tablet with all them children, and now they're all as smart as her. She said, you are not going to believe what happened at school today. Said, Tell me all about it. She said, well, you know, I took my tablet to school. Yes, I know. She said, Macy had a Barbie with bendable knees. I said, really? A Barbie with bendable knees? She said, yeah, Macy had a Barbie with bendable knees. Have you ever seen one of those? I was like, I think. <laughs> bendable knees? I didn't think that was the latest and greatest, but anyway, I said, yeah. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, Macy traded me my LeapFrog tablet <laughs> for a Barbie with bendable knees, and here it is. I like to have died right there on the spot. <laughs> my child had taken her $99 LeapFrog tablet that I spent and saved and agonized over at the Walmart. I probably had to stand in one of those ridiculous lines. I'm sorry if you work at Walmart, but they're ridiculous. And I bought her this tablet and she traded it for a $12 Barbie with bendable knees. Now, I bet if I was to go around the room, some of your other kids have made trades like that. Somebody got to them. 
sometimes a little bit older, I started to doubt if she was the smartest kids in, in the United States after that, just a little bit. But she had traded this great tool with unlimited resources, this great gift from the heart of her mama who loved her so much, she had traded it for a plastic substitute. And I'm afraid that's what we've done too. Because God in his mercy has given us the great gift of forgiveness. And in a lot of cases, I'm afraid we've traded it for a plastic substitute of something that we think will make us happy. I only think that because I've done it. And maybe you have too. And that's why I want us to land in Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. If you've got your Bible with you, if you don't, I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. As we settle in on these verses for a couple of minutes, I want to kind of turn them upside down. I want to kind of start from the end and work our way backwards because I think that what we're supposed to do is actually at the end of this section of Scripture. We all know we're supposed to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving, just like Christ forgave us. But as some of the questions around the room tonight, just like me, you're thinking, how in the world do I do that? So let's step back one more verse to verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. So do you know what bitterness is? I think sometimes we, we use church, uh, words in church and we have no clue what they mean. We use big old religious words and we really don't understand what they mean. It's not that we're not smart, it's just that we've used them for so long that we've forgotten the real heart of what they mean. Do you know that bitterness means anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly? Now, if you're anything like me, when you hear that definition of the word bitterness, it opens up the door a little bit wider because if you had have asked me earlier today, Carol, are you bitter? I'd have been like, no, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. But when you put it like this, Carol, are you anger, angered or disappointed at being treated unfairly? Uh, yeah. That happens each and every day of our lives, right? We're treated unfairly in all kinds of situations, at least we think we are. Well, by this Merriam-Webster dictionary, you're bitter. Let's look at wrath. Extreme anger. Do I have any road rage sisters in the house tonight? <laughs> and don't you lie, because I drove down I-42. <laughs> and if I get behind you going home, I'm going to beat my horn at you. 
<laughs> Sometimes we get behind the wheel and we don't understand why everybody else in the world don't know we're five minutes late. We got to go and they're just leaf looking or whatever. I don't know. You're like, what do you people do? I got to be somewhere. I got to go right now. And we get extremely angry. What is clamor? Shouting. I don't know. I am so godly. I don't ever shout at my children. <laughs> I'm glad she's not here tonight because she would gravely disagree with that. Slander. False spoken statements about another that damage their reputation. Malice. Intent to do evil. Not actually doing evil. Malice is just intent to do evil. So, how you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty much batting a thousand. I mean, I just confessed to y'all on tape that I wanted to kick people in the shins. So, we're, anger, we're, we're, we're angry and disappointed because we're treated unfairly. We have extreme anger over things that really shouldn't matter. We say things to make ourselves look better and to make others look worse. Sometimes yell at our kids. And sometimes there's that intent. We don't ever act on it now. We would never do that because we're a good church girl. We grew up in the Bible Belt and we would never really do it, but our intent is evil. So what does it say about all these things? It says, put them away. <laughs> the NIV says, get rid of it. It doesn't say entertain it. It doesn't say, you know, it's okay if you have a little bit of it. It says, get rid of it. Put it away. You remember when you was a kid and your mama said, put it away? She didn't mean hide it under the couch. She meant put it away. And this scripture says, put those things away. I would just ask you tonight, how much of your time and attention and energy have you spent on bitterness when you have been disappointed that you were treated unfairly? How much time and energy and attention have you spent on being frustrated because people aren't doing what you need them to do? See, I would say to you today, there's a good reason why this scripture says, put it away, get rid of it. And it starts with the first verse that we read. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We talked a little bit about grief earlier. Grief, extreme sadness, loss. Why do you think it would grieve the Holy Spirit if we don't put these things away? <laughs> well, I believe that it grieves the Holy Spirit because he sees the new us, the abundant life that Jesus Christ paid for us to have, and he sees for that plastic Barbie with bendable knees that we're settling for. 
It's the truth. You have been given the riches of grace, and yet you are settling for a plastic substitute. You're like, Carol, that's, that's a little extreme. You're a little going a little overboard with Emma. Is it really worth it? And what is bitterness and anger and wrath and clamor and malice, what is it adding to your life? I would argue that it is distracting you from what God really has for you. That it's distracting you from what he really wants you to do. Now, we've just talked about how hard it is, and I agree it's hard. I haven't done it perfectly, and I won't from this day forward. But I will tell you this, these, just, these couple of verses have made me drill down to the real issue with me is that I want control. I want to say when they're sorry. I want to say when justice has been served. I want to say when they've paid the price. I want to say, no, you need to do a little more before I forgive you. All those things distract me from what God has called me to do on this stage, in my personal life, in my home church, in my community, because it takes time and energy. Some of you bear the marks in your body of years of unforgiveness. Scientifically, scientific proof everywhere that says unforgiveness will do things to your body. Stress will do those things to your body. When you're on I-40 and you have road rage, look in the rear view mirror, you're hunched over like this. <laughs> your body just goes there naturally. Whenever you're yelling at your kids, you're not, you know, relaxed. Light up your room. There's something too the God who created us and our bodies reacting counter to what he created us to be. And so when we spend our time and our energy and our attention on things that are distracting us from what he really has for us, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Like when you come to the end of your life, <laughs> I've never heard anybody say, I'm just so proud I grieved the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Who would say that? No one. And yet we all sit here hanging on to those things, white knuckling them. I cannot give this up. Because if I let go, it means it was okay. No, it doesn't. Doesn't mean it was okay. It means you're set free. See, I think with God, forgiveness is possible, but it's also purposeful. As we heard stories throughout the room tonight, when you're going through a painful experience and you're forced with the choice to forgive or not forgive, God is doing something in you. He doesn't waste anything. 
And he has promised you and me that everything that comes into our lives was filtered through his hands, right? And if it's filtered through his hands, it is for our good and for his glory. Does that mean it's gonna feel good? No. How could it be for our good? Well, you know what? I can't explain it because I'm not sovereign. I can't explain it because I'm not in control and I don't have an explanation. And by the way, a God that we can explain is too small to be worshiped. So what is it with you tonight? Are you okay with grieving the Holy Spirit? Are you to such a point in your life to say, I am so hurt, my hurt is too big for God and I'm gonna stiff arm the Holy Spirit because I didn't get my way. I told somebody the other day, I said, if I'd have known I was gonna raise myself, I'd have been a better kid. (laughs) Y'all think I'm kidding, I'm not. But you know, our kids do that. They stomp their foot, they make up their mind, they act selfishly, and yet, those kids grow up to be adults just like me and you, and we do the same thing with God. So will you acknowledge Him as sovereign? Can you start to turn loose of those things that are holding you back tonight? And right now, there are women in this room, your heart's about to beat out of your chest. And you want to say to me, you do not know, Carol, and you're exactly right. But as far as I read it here in the ESV, there's no caveat for Carol does not know. I don't see it anywhere in here. (laughs) Doesn't matter if I know or not, God knows. And here's the better part. He knows each and every point of your situation. And I'm going to fall off this stage and break my neck. He knows each and every point of your situation, right? And so he knows what part of it you like to camp on and he knows what really happened. Yeah, he does. And for some of us, I mean, I, there are, I, I honestly know I could go around this room and I'm not minimizing your pain at all. Please don't hear that. I know life hurts. Life has hurt me. But is it really worth it? God has given us the treasure of grace, the treasure of forgiveness, his unlimited resources. And we still choose to go our own way and do it our way because we know what's best. Is it really worth that? Are you willing to admit tonight that forgiveness is not only possible, but it is purposeful. Now, we've had a great night. We've discussed some great things. But here's what I'm not okay with. I didn't come to Hickory, North Carolina tonight to just have a good time and to just hear worship music and to just meet in this beautiful church and to just get to visit with you guys. I didn't come here for that. I came here because my prayer has been, and those two girls that sat up on this stage with me, and the whole radio staff has been praying that your life would be changed tonight. Because if we walk out those doors and you're the same person, it's nothing more than some good cinnamon rolls and some great coffee. (laughs) And last time I checked, you can get that about anywhere. But I'm not okay. I love you enough to say, are you really okay with grieving the Holy Spirit?
Is it really worth it to you that you hang on to it so tightly that it's going to keep you from every good thing God has for you? It's going to keep you from really experiencing all God has for you. Are you okay with that? I am not. And I love you enough to tell you. You may not like me very much after we leave here. And honestly, I'll have to deal with that tomorrow. It'll be on a Girl Talk podcast, I'm pretty sure. But here's what I know. I answer to a bigger boss than you. And he's called me to come stand here and to tell you the truth tonight. And I want you to know that you're loved and that you're forgiven and that his promises are true. And no matter how you've been hurt, you can find healing if you'll turn it loose. If you'll open your hands. And if you'll believe that forgiveness is not only possible, but that it's purposeful. So I'm going to ask you to do two things. Tonight in your little bags, you were given a card. It's a blank on one side. I think it has a station thing on the other side. I want you to pull that out. I want you to do anything with it just yet. I don't want anybody moving around, nothing going on in the room. And I just want you to pray. Bow your head right now. There are people in this room tonight and you came to this Girl Talk podcast and you're like, Carol, you've been talking about forgiveness all night tonight. And I've been going to church my whole life. Maybe I've been around church my whole life, but I have never made a decision to trust Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. And if that is you tonight, I want you to just lift up your head and look at me real quick. Just lift up your head and look at me real quick. I just want to make eye contact with you real quick. Just lift up your head real quick. Maybe you're here tonight and you're like, yeah, Carol, I've been going to church my whole life. and They changed the choir robes back in 1983 and I've never really got over it. It's time for you to let that go, girl. I'm making light of it, but you have traded the riches of God's glory and grace for a plastic substitute, and it has not satisfied you. Because if it had, you'd look totally different tonight than you do. Would you turn loose of that tonight? Maybe that means pulling out that card and writing somebody's name who you need to forgive on that card. You don't even have to write their whole name. You can write their first name. You can write their relationship to you. You can write the job that they do. I don't care what you write on that card. It's just a symbol between you and God to say, tonight I am choosing not to run to the plastic substitute anymore. I want to let go of that. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit one more second. I just want to let go of that. I want to believe that God, with God, forgiveness is possible. And I'm going to stop making excuses because I've made excuses most of my life because I've been in pain. And tonight I want to bring my pain to God. And I'm going to write that person's name down on that card. You can do that right now. You know who it is. God knows who it is. You may want to put a star. You don't even have to put a name on it. That's between you and the Lord. 
And then there's some of you tonight who you need to write your own name on that card. Because your life has been riddled with poor choices. And no matter how hard you try, you keep chasing the wrong things. But tonight, you can choose the right thing. And so if you need to forgive yourself, maybe you just write your own name on the card. And because I believe in accountability, I'm going to ask you to do something that's probably hard. But I promise you that you won't be alone. And I can also promise you that you will be loved in the middle of it. So I'm going to ask you to write that name on that card. And I'm going to ask you to just stand to your feet and start making your way to, your fr to the front and just drop that card here at the altar. We've got some folks from the radio station around the room ready to pray with you. I know it's hard. It's always hard to be the first one. But who would be brave enough tonight to say, I'm going to turn loose of the plastic substitute Thank you. And I'm going to embrace the riches of God's grace, the riches of God's forgiveness. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Others of you want to come. There's a prayer team here that can all pray for you. Girls, come on. You come on. You can lay it on the altar. You can put it in the basket, wherever you want to lay it. Just lay it down. All over the room. like, Carol, I can write a name on that card and I can just sit right here in my seat. You're right. You can. But sometimes taking that step and making that decision kind of seals the deal. Got some girls over here, Alicia. Kelly, got some girls over here. Need some help. You come on. We'll wait for you. We're in no hurry. Come on. This is why we came. The whole reason we came.
God's at work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Whatever your need, you come on. God's at work. He loves you. He didn't love you. He'd just leave you alone. He'd let you be miserable. <laughs> but he's tugging on your heart for a reason. He wants to set you free tonight. He wants you to walk and live that abundant life that he died for on that cross. Please don't settle for that plastic substitute. That Barbie with bendable knees. Don't settle for that. confess that were my life to be played across the screen on this stage I'd be so ashamed but God who is rich in mercy <laughs> sent his only son so that I could go free and God I pray that every slip of paper that lays on this altar tonight becomes a place of healing and growth, God. I pray that freedom starts tonight because of what you've done for us. Please don't let us settle. Make us miserable until we submit to you, confess our sin, turn loose of it all, and forgive. We don't want to be like that unmerciful servant, God. We want to live in the riches and abundance of your grace. We want to live free lives because the world is watching <laughs> and they long to see people of faith who are the real deal. And so God, tonight, I thank you for what you've done in hearts and lives. I thank you for what you've done in my own heart and life. And I pray that as we leave this place, we would leave as women changed knowing that everything that comes into our life is for our good and for your glory. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name.